Hello, and welcome to another edition of IDS Talks. My name is Hunter McMahon, and I'm the COO at IDS. I'm joined here today by Mark Immel, one of our team leads and managers and fearless data processors at IDS. Uh, we're going to be talking about some creative business ideas that he's had both before and while at IDS. So before we get started, Mark, why don't you introduce yourself? So my name is Mark Emel. I am the DS engineering supervisor, team lead, manager. Uh, all are the same thing for me. Uh, I'm responsible for the whole team of both hosting and processing IDS. Awesome. Thanks, Mark. And for those of you, you can't see Mark right now, but on LinkedIn and random uh, pictures, you'll see him with his cowboy hat on, which is quite a signature look that we love. And, and we recently saw each other at IDS Connects and you made sure to bring that hat with you. Will do. Um, so <laughs> it's you know, stuck to my head. <laughs> but you got a great curiosity hat on today. So you know, last time we were there, while while we met in person and and we brought a lot of the team together, you shared with me some a really interesting story. How you turned what all, or a, 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 the wrong item that was sent to you into a profit, and you said, "Look, I've got a problem. I'm going to figure out how to solve this problem." Can you can you share with the listeners that story? Absolutely. It's kind of like a fun story. So uh, when I came to the United States, just like any other immigrant, I didn't have a ton of money. And so I have to be conservative of what I spend and how I spend it. As a fan of everything that's Western or cowboy related, I went on eBay for the first, first time in my life. And I ordered uh, cowboy boots. Now, those cowboy boots that I ordered were so much different from the ones that I received. I received the girls' cowboy that's the size not correct, the model is not correct. And uh, little that I know, I couldn't return it to the seller. So I couldn't get the refund. And so those boots were about, uh, I, if I remember correctly, $19 or $20. Uh, I know they are not very expensive, but they look cool in picture. And so I, I said, okay, I have a problem now. I lost this money. I need this money and uh, what am I supposed to do? And then an idea just hit me on top of my head. Let's use eBay, the cause of the, of the issue of the error to flip these things around. And so I went back to eBay and I posted the same boot for sale, sold it for $38. So <laughs> an $18 I, margin, $18 margin. And I liked it. I liked how it, how it just popped up. I liked how the process went through. And so I took those $18 that I just got plus the 20. I, I don't need another miss, uh, miss boot again. And I went to the, to stables, uh, stables near my, where I live. And I looked around, I found uh, a pack of hundred CDs. Back then, we used to have a lot of CDs. And so those, I those thought you were going to say floppy disks and it was really going to take <laughs> me back. <laughs> not not that long. That was only in 2009. So not that long back. Uh, those case of CDs were about $20. And uh, they, they have 100 CDs in them, 100, 100 discs. Uh, I got one back of that. And I got another back of DVDs, which were a little bit more expensive. So I added some money from my pocket into that and took him home and then said, okay, so I have a bunch of CDs, I have papers and I have eBay. What am I supposed to do now? Let's post three discs per dollar. So three discs for one dollar. And I posted the first one. I said, okay, there are three uh, empty discs, the Sony X84, uh, wherever the information was in there. 
and uh, the shipping was like a dollar for that. So it's uh, it cost the the customer about two dollars to get three discs, and I made my first sale. And five my, five minutes after that, I made the second sale, and then it kept going, and so I started working backing and shipping for the next day, and then the next day the same thing, the next day the same thing, and then I end up buying more CDs, selling CDs, buying CDs every day. Uh, not. Not long after that, that's how I was actually paying my rent. Uh, so I lived back then, I lived in New York uh, in a room, shared apartment, shared bathroom, shared kitchen with other people. Uh, and so my rent at that time was about $400, $450. Uh, so that was a big thing for me. I'm paying rent out of profit from eBay, which actually started by mistake. <laughs> Well, that, but, but I think that's what resonated with me the most when you shared that story is, is you saw, you took an obstacle, right? Something that many may have just said, oh, I give up and walk away. You took that as an opportunity to figure out and create a solution to it. You, you problem solved on the fly and you not only problem solved to solve the, the immediate problem, which was the wrong boots, but you turned it into a business opportunity. You, you took it full 180 degrees from, you know, bad to great. Yes, absolutely. And followed by that, it, it wasn't only CDs after that. It was a ton of things like uh, printed photographs, cameras, anything that I can put my hand on that I can get for a good price and flip for a better price. I would do it. So that was a good start. Not, not only an opportun, uh, opportunist in the sense of you, you saw a problem, you solved it, but also you diversified your <laughs> offerings uh, and really made the most of it. You know, as, as we were talking though, and we've had other conversations, your creative juices didn't really stop there. You, you really have a passion for photography and some other aspects. And, and you took, a bit of a leap of faith and walked in the door to a business to, to create your own opportunity with them. Yes, absolutely. So a little bit of background, uh, back in 99, I had my very first computer that my dad bought me. And uh, at that time, I, I was curious to see what's inside that box. I, I, I really want to see inside that box. That's how I took it, I took it apart. And of course, I couldn't put it back together. And then my dad comes to me and say, okay, okay. So I'm going to get you somebody to fix it. But that's going to be the only time. You have to learn it. If you need to, uh, to play with it, if you need to use it, if you need to explore it again, it's going to be on you to repair it. And that one time, I learned a lot from. And so after that, nobody touches my computer. I started my own business after that. But that's another story. So getting back to the like uh, courage story that we were talking about. One day, uh, I was still at the same place, living at the same place, uh, doing... I uh, Let me roll back a little bit. So I used to work in the gas station. Uh, and that gas station, I used to work a night shift in the gas station. And at the night shift, you don't really meet the nicest people and you don't deal with the nicest situations. Uh, it was a 12-hour shift, long shift, and it was just not... It's not for me. And so one day I was doing laundry down the street, uh, my laundry. So I'm in shorts, I'm in dirty beard. And uh, just a t-shirt, uh, looking up, waiting for my laundry to be done. And then I see that studio, photography studio, on the second floor, right across the street from where I am. And I say, what is the worst thing that can happen? They're going to kick me out. <laughs> so I go there, knock on the door. Somebody buzz me in. And so I climb to the second story. 
found a couple of people standing in the like a uh, common area. Um, and then I asked the most inappropriate question that anybody can ask, where is the owner of this place? <laughs> and Where's so the, the guy, <laughs> one of them, the older one of them, he looks at me and kind of like laughs and says, well, you're talking to him. What do you want? And I said, well, I'm, uh, do you need anybody to work? And then he looks me up and down and say, what are you going to do? Are you, are you looking for like cleaning job? And then I say, no. I can do I can do Photoshop. I can do Corel Draw. I can do co uh, Corel Photo Paint. I can do Illustrator. I can do a bunch of um, design software designs and things like that. And then he looks me up, up and down again and says, "Okay, there is one way to figure it out. Come with me." And then I go with him to another office, and he sat me on one of the computers, and he said, "Those are three images. They were bride and groom pictures." And he said, "Do something with them." Okay. So I sit there, I look for the software. Of course, the Photoshop at this time was a version, I believe, 11 or 12. And the last one I saw was version six back home. Oh, that's how much USA is advanced <laughs> in the future, version wise. And so it's okay. I mean, I still figure out that this is Photoshop. I open it up and I drag the three pictures and I start doing things. I turn one into Sebia, add some glamour effects to another one, add sparkling to the other. And then he comes, he looks at them and say, well, you are very uh, charged. And so we work Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. until 6 p.m. And we pay $8. I will see you Monday. That was on Friday. That's spectacular. Not uh, again, though, you saw opportunity, right? And, and you had the courage to go in and create success as opposed to waiting for success to find you. But you also, one of the things that I love about the story is you had the talent. It just may not have, it may not have been what you were doing right then. You had this experience and this talent that was hidden right in plain sight, if you will. But you were able to prove it. You were able to go in and whap, throw the wow factor. I mean, I, I start to, have flashbacks against glamour shots again, you know, and those, you know, what the sparklies all over the face and all that kind of stuff that that was a different time, but you, you saw something you wanted and you went after it and you, you created the opportunity for somebody to say yes, rather than live in the fear of no. Exactly. Exactly. And remember that time was a very hard time economically in the United States, 2008, where, where the market collapsed. So it's, it was a hard time to find a job and it just takes a little bit of courage to get what you want. Just face it head on. That's all you need to do. And, and you've come a long way now. Now you're one of our leaders in discovery services. You're crushing it. And how did you get into e-discovery though? I mean, we, we've gone from eBay to artist, artist, you know, creative <laughs> side to processing data and figuring out why, you know, errors are happening in databases. So there's one thing about me that I'm, you probably know, uh, that I'm a learning worm. I learn all the time. I'm, I'm in learning mode all the time. Uh, so whatever opportunity I find to learn something new, I'm just going to take it. And how it started with e-discovery, it actually started from the cubby room. So I found that ad on Priceless uh, that this company was looking for uh, a cubby guy, <laughs> a scanning technician. They call yeah. it that way. And so I went there. Uh, I had some experience on running a cubby shop because that's the job that I took be between the, the photography studio and the job that I had before. 
And so when I joined uh, that copy room, they saw my resume, they saw the background, and they said, okay, you know what, we'll just pass your resume to the uh, litigation support lead and see, you know, he might be interested. But for now, you are working on call for a copying and scanning. And so I said, okay. And then I meet the lead. He asking me for for a resume, a copy of the resume, and I say, "Well, I have only one on me that's folded, and it's in my back pocket, <laughs> so it's not really the best presenting." And he said, "Well, it doesn't matter. Just give it to me." So I give it to him, and he reads through it, and he says, "Oh, you have that office back in Egypt. You had that uh, opportunity that you created. You did that. You did this. Yeah, you know how to use these softwares." I said, yeah, all, all of these are correct. And so I answered a couple of questions and then he say, okay, you know, uh, if there's anything comes up, we're gonna call you. And of course, like many of us know, sometimes that doesn't happen. Like the call never. <laughs> yeah, never great offer, but oh, is this ever gonna come to reality? <laughs> yes. And so I go back home and then he called me a couple of times for uh, the on-call position for the copying, uh, which was not being much, it was like $12 an hour. And I got like two calls in a week. So it was totaling of around $150, $160. That's not really enough to make a living in New York. And so I called the person who interviewed me the very first time, getting me into the cubby job. And I told him, well, this is going to be uh, how it's going to go. I'm going to have to find something else because it's not paying my bills, right. uh, which is understandable. The guy was very understandable. And he said, well, that, that the litigation support lead kind of... Uh, uh, he's interested about you, but don't do anything unless he calls you. That was, I think, was Monday or Tuesday. And so the very next day, I was there at 8 o'clock in the morning, sitting in the waiting area. That litigation lead comes in around 10 a.m. So that's two hours after I arrived. He looks at me and calls me by name. He says, you're Mark. I said, yes. He said, well, I was about to call you. And I said, well, I'm here now. And he takes me. <laughs> We go into a room and then he introduced me to the supervisor of the litigation support team. And he told him, show him how to do closing books. Uh, it's an old technology that we used to do for closing books for clients. Uh, it's kind of like offline websites for those who yep. doesn't know what closing book is. And so uh, he showed me a software called Dreamweaver. First time for me to see it. Very first time for me to see it. And I kind of ate it away. It was the very last day for the person who did the job before me. It was his last day. I spent with him two hours that day showing me around. And then around 12 or 1 p.m., I went to the lead again. I told him, well, I've been working for like three, four hours, but I have no idea. Am I on call? Am I coming back? Not coming back? He raised the, the, the phone and he called the supervisor and I tell him, uh, how is Mark doing? And then he hears something from the other side and he says, uh, you were hired full time. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you, you have got some awesome stories, but, but none of which you sat back. You, you always went forward. You leaned into the opportunity. You figured out a way you created success. Yep. And from there, then you become a closing book analyst. And six months after that, I became an analyst, a litigation support analyst, and then advancing Two or three years later, I became a senior analyst and then a team lead and then IDS. So, <laughs> And we're lucky to have you, sir. I mean, it's been awesome working alongside of you and, and getting to know some of these stories, though. You've got such a unique background that 
we've taken advantage of with your audio and visual skills on for some clients in a unique situation, but also the expertise in learning technology and figuring out problems and solving them and identifying opportunities to make things better. I'm very lucky to be a part of IDS. And uh, I want to add a couple things that relate to the same topic. That uh, to be successful in our field in e-discovery, you actually have to have uh, problem-solving skills, some creative skills, and you have to have courage and courage and courage and courage one more time. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> maybe maybe we need a new hat. You know, be curious, solve problems, have courage. <laughs> courage. Well, of course, it's very important. You know, courage. in our field, you see data that every day you see different data, diversity of data that requires some attention to details and some uh, problem solving um, uh, skills just to get them, um, you know, sorted. And so if you don't have courage, you will not be able to do any of this. Well, and, and all too often we, we try to oversimplify things with, with how fast can this be done? And, and there is a lot of, it depends. It depends on the type of data, the complexity of the data, the the type of data within the data, the type of output you want, the end game that you're, go you're going for, all of that. And, and it is a complex problem. It's It can be solved, but you have to approach it as if you are solving a problem, not just clicking buttons. That's very correct. That's very accurate. And actually also one thing that I most love about IDS, not because we are on this podcast, just because that's how I brag about IDS everywhere else. <laughs> So the encouragement we get in IDS is priceless. It's, uh, it's, it's always supporting to be encouraged. So <laughs> it's a very good thing. Well, I appreciate that, sir. And, and like I said, we're lucky to have you as part of the team. And I want to thank you for joining us today, our listeners. If you'd like to learn more about IDS or subscribe, you can visit IDSINC.com or wherever you normally get your podcast. Thanks again for joining us. And we look forward to the next edition of IDS Talks and maybe some more stories from Mark. Thank you. Thank you.